I'm Milo. I'm Hannah. And welcome to our fourth episode. Um, so yeah, uh, we really enjoyed like making these and seeing like like y'all listening. We'd love to get uh, some more like emails and everything and get y'all kind of involved. But today's topic, we're gonna go into character creation, how we build our own characters, um, advice if you're looking to build a character but don't know where to start, just kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Probably the best way to start is like kind of like how we build our own characters and then we can kind of give advice from there. Yeah. So for me, I've played a lot of characters. Um, I've played a lot of like the different races. I've played a lot of different classes. So I think that generally if I'm going to go make a new character, I try to find something new, something that I haven't like done before. But I also look for things that are going to be like fun and interesting combinations. And I think a lot of it come down, comes down to do you want to be more of a role play heavy character or do you want to be more of like a combat heavy character? Because some people don't enjoy the roleplay aspect of it as much as like the combat and vice versa. I think for me, I like being good at combat, but I think that's just because I like being good at things. Um. <laughs> wow, that's the most you thing I've ever heard in my life. But I also can't disagree. I yeah. mean, I guess I disagree on the combat thing because that is not my forte. But I do like being good at things. Oh, yeah. I refuse to have any, like, min-max characters. You will never have me with, like, more than one stat in the negative, And it will never be more than negative one. And it will always be strength. Yeah. It's a- <laughs> That's true. It will always be strength. Um, but, yeah. So, like, I-, I like to be good at combat. But I also, like, really just liking... I-, I don't know. I just like to create weird characters as well. Yeah, I think I base all my characters just kind of on vibes. Like, yeah. I... There are certain classes that I don't necessarily have interest in playing, but usually, like, I'll pick a class based on kind of what's not currently in a party. It's really just, like, the race of the character and, like, the personality, which is, like, I just want all vibes. Like, I don't really care what race I'm playing. I know there's, like, four that I'm going to gravitate towards, and, like, that's going to be Let's in. Let's see. At- it's going to be, like, a lot of tieflings. <laughs> You want to? Look, they're gay. They get the pass. Yeah. Even if my character's not gonna be edgy, I want them to look a little bit edgy, you know? That's fair. Why would I play, like, a fucking human? Yeah. Why would I play anything that, like, generally resembles a person? <laughs> Gen- like, that's just so boring. That's very straight of me. That's And fair. I refuse. I also just, like... I, I like coming up with, like, ridiculous combinations of, like, if I do this combo, they can do something really fucking stupid. Yeah, no, that's, that is a good way to do it, I think. <laughs> like, me being like, huh, I wonder how fast I can make a character. Yeah, or, I think that's a good, like, skill to base a character on. <laughs> yeah, um, or, like, for example, my character that I'm currently playing, where I have made this character completely through luck. They are devoted to a deity of luck. I randomized the race, class, subclass, all of that. I roll when I like need to like make decisions. And when they have to make decisions in-game, they flip a coin if they can't make a decision. That's very nerve-wracking to me as someone who really values having control over a situation, but I can respect that for you. I don't because know. that's a good way to like... It's a very entertaining way to play a game. Yeah, we're only like two sessions in. We'll see how long I'm actually able to really keep up with it, but... So far, I am letting the dice rule the character decisions as much as sometimes I wish that I would, like, not do things that are possibly impulsive and dumb. No, I think that's fair. <laughs> I don't think I've made any characters that are um, necessarily that stupid. 
Maybe if I ever decide to make that karaoke machine bard. You know, that would be a good one. <laughs> that will be my peak stupidity. <laughs> Wait, so your peak stupidity is in crunch pants? I, I love crunch pants. What are you talking about? <laughs> he there was nothing even weird about him. He was just he's a big just, guy. He's the only one that goes against the like strength of the dump stat. Well, that was only because that was a one shot. So that's the one time I'm willing to have strength not... I just... I think I think of things this way. I realistically know what kind of like ability checks that I'm going to make in a campaign a lot. And it's very rarely strength. So why would I want to be bad at talking to people or investigating things or like stealing shit when I could just be bad at like throwing things? Like how often am I throwing things? That's fair. I feel like my dump stat is usually either strength or charisma. Oh, see, no, I need to be high charisma. <laughs> but you see, I like the appeal of being really bad at it and insisting on being the one to talk to people. That stresses me out, like, so much. <laughs> I can't handle that kind of pressure. I need to be good at everything. You need to be good at combat. I need to be good at interacting with things. You see, I think that that's where that, like, comes in of, like, there's the need to be good at roleplay, and then there's the need to be good at combat. Yeah, that that's very fair. I just, like... I don't know. I don't want to be put at more of a disadvantage going into interactions if I don't have to be. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, so I guess finding what kind of works with your play style is probably a good way to start, is figuring out, like, I want to be able to do this well, so I'm going to make sure that, like, this stat is, like, decent. Yeah. Um, and of course, like, it, it varies table to table of, like, kind of what the DM, like, prefers. Because, like, if you get a DM that loves combat, you're going to end up in a lot more combat. Right. And, like, realistically, I don't think that's a DM for me. Like, you are a very roleplay-heavy DM, and I like that because mm -hmm. that's much more interesting to me. Like, that's the D&D &D content I prefer to consume, and that's the D&D &D content I prefer to involve myself in. And that's fair. So, realistically, I don't know if I would ever want a DM who's super combat-heavy, so I kind of know walking into campaigns what I can expect a little bit. Like, I couldn't imagine you running a super combat-heavy campaign. Yeah. I just, I don't see that being realistic for us. Partly also just because, like, combat takes so long. It does take a really long time. You can really just spend a whole, like, day on yeah. combat, which... Like, it's satisfying when you finish the combat, but then it's kind of annoying to be like, did we really progress the story very far? Like, unless this is a, like, a BBEG moment. Yeah. Like, how much did you really do that day if you just got stopped on your day's journey and then didn't go anywhere else? Yeah. So I think, so figure out kind of your play style. Um, honestly, find a, find a race in the class we haven't tried before. They, even if it doesn't seem like they would go together, try it out. You never know. And I think that a lot of people get hung up on, like, oh, I have to pick a race that's, like, going to give me a stat bonus to, like, things for this class, which doesn't always have to be true. Yeah, a lot of times it's kind of nice if they don't necessarily line up with what you want to do, because mm -hmm. that way you can, like, I don't know, I feel like if a race kind of handles stats that you're not worried about, then you can really put focus into the stats you care about, because then maybe your shittier stats will already kind of get a boost otherwise. Yeah. And also, like race stat bonuses are never that interesting it's not like you're getting a plus five to your preferred yeah. stat like you can usually put your best stats into what you need and the race isn't really going to make a big difference yeah because it's like everyone has seen like a halfling rogue halfling barbarian that's new yeah that's fun that's very fun and i like that a lot <laughs> yeah. 
And so, like, I just feel like that's a more interesting way to play is, like, don't feel like you have to abide by what the book says is, like, the best combination. Yeah. It's also because, especially with races, you definitely... I know that, um, like, D&D is moving further away from, like, this race good, this race bad, or whatever, but it's always fun to play, like, a race with a class that you wouldn't expect that class to be. Yeah. Like, I like being a bounty hunter who's an angel. I think that's really funny. I think even funnier than that is the fact that no one knows what an Azimar is. Yeah. And so in-game, what is it? One person in the party knows what I am. Yeah. And everyone else has never asked. They've never guessed. They've never asked. <laughs> they yeah. never asked me about what languages I'm speaking. It's just like, eh, you got wings. Nice. But I don't. I only have them, like, when I change. I've seen it, I think. Right, but, like, typically I don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, huh, that's new. I also change colors, and no one's ever asked about my hat. <laughs> I know. God, I think that that's just so funny, like, you having the hat of disguise, and, like, canonically, you've had that for as long as, like, most of the party at this point has known you, so they've never seen you without it. It's true. No one really knows what my skin actually looks like. Yeah, no one except for, I think, just Kieran, because... Yeah, it would just be Kieran. Yeah. Oh man, how many how many sessions was I carpet colored? <laughs> You're, you you literally matched the carpet for a majority of like I would say at least a solid like week or two in game before you realized you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> it's my favorite little thing and I hate the fact that it's like a top hat too, because yeah. I know that just looks ugly as all hell and clashes horribly I with mean, everything else I'm wearing. But I love it a lot and I'd never get rid of it. Yeah. I mean I think it's the same way that people didn't realize that like Kieran was a changeling. Yeah, that's I our party just doesn't ask a lot of those like important questions. <laughs> well I did hide that I was a changeling on purpose. Well you hid it from the original original first, party. And then kind of when we got everybody in again I was like Oh, that's right. And then it, I wasn't able to do a cool reveal. Like, I, like I went to the first party and was just like, oh man, I've already made it canon that I go back to my OG form when I'm done transforming. And thus, <laughs> they just see me naked and... Not looking like a minotaur. And now I'm gray and I have no pupils and cotton candy blue hair yeah you wrote yourself into a corner with that one um so for people who don't have an idea like maybe brand new people because i know you've done this before how do you go about like making characters for people because i know for our first campaign you just made characters and then everyone kind of like figured out how to play them for themselves but how do you go about just did you have an idea for who you wanted to be each person or did you really just those were randomized interesting i randomized characters that's how you got things such as like the dragonborn rogue and the halfling fighter okay that's cool um but i figured that those could be fun and randomized especially since y'all were given the option to change them later right i was like these initial ones won't matter too much if they want to change it they can if not it's an interesting character yeah because i know sage really liked having a character already made for her that she like could figure out for herself but she liked that the pressure was off yeah and that's why i left backstory completely up to everyone i was like you have a name you can choose everything else though Mm -hmm. um and then if i'm helping people with a character i usually ask them of what do you want to do what do you want to be able to do what kind of are you interested in Mm -hmm. and then that helps me like figure out for them of like okay if you want to be able to do this you might enjoy playing this class if you want to give it a try um you want to have these abilities like oh 
this race has a feature that kind of like lets them do that. Uh, so I think that having someone, one, having someone who knows the system to help you definitely is a benefit. Yep. But also like, if you don't, there's so much information online. So one of my players, Lucy, is kind of doing that right now. She, she's doing a massive D&D deep dive of figuring out like, what can I do? And she's getting to see all kinds of stuff. I think she's gone through, I, she's trying to stick mostly to like non-homebrew, uh, but she's going through all kinds of different books and stuff that like some of which I don't actually own. Um, and so she'll ask me questions and I'm like, I can look it up, but you're gonna have the same information I do. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but like, I think that just doing your own research is so important because there may be things that like you didn't realize you could do. Yeah. There's just so much to D&D that, like, if you want to do something, there's probably a way for you to do it. Yeah, that's fair. And if there's not anything official, talk with your DM. See if, like, y'all can, like, work something out together. It doesn't... Homebrew doesn't have to be this big, big, massive thing of, like, hey, I created an entire race. It can be, like, hey, I kind of want to tweak this a little bit. Like, right. You don't have to write a book for every homebrew thing you want to do, as long as there's a guideline for it. Yeah. And there's so much content out there, like, online that people have already made. So, like, um, drive through RPG. That's where I got the uh, Book of House that has the clans and, like, the lycanthropes. Mm-hmm. And it's also got a couple other subclasses for, like, some of the classes out there. Guy Fieri is in there. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so, like, there's so much content. I think I bought that for, like, five bucks. Like, it's... That's pretty well worth it. Yeah. There's just so much content out there that you can either support, like other creators or you could like check out like other books that like Wizards of the Coast puts out that they're a little pricey be aware (laughs) but there's just so much variety so if you're going like cut and dry like going by the book to make a character how do you prefer to do because I know obviously there's stuff that you have to roll for but in general like do you prefer that people like pick stuff out or that they roll for and do you find there's like extra stuff that you want people to have an idea for for their characters in addition to just like what's in the guide or do you think that's like a pretty sufficient amount of information to go off of I feel like if you're trying to make a decision and you're having a hard time there's no problem with rolling for it because if you get a result you don't like and you clearly don't like it you know it's the wrong choice it's true um but it can also help if you're like hey i really have no idea let's just roll a dice and see what happens well i mean that's what yeah that's what i did with my character <laughs> yeah um as for like stuff in the book i feel like a lot of like these standard like in the book races are a little bit boring in my opinion <laughs> Fair. um so i really like to kind of go a little bit beyond that just because like standard by the book you've got like human basic elf half elf or uh half orc you don't even have the full orc in there um, I think you've got Tiefling, and then you've probably got, like, Halfling and maybe Gnome. Mm-hmm. Like, you really don't have a ton of variety. And so I would recommend, if you're starting completely new, sticking to, like, just, like, the player's handbook might be the best bet to get started, just because it's less overwhelming options. Right. But if you want to, like, try branching out, try looking up just, like, stuff. I use uh, Wikidot a lot. Wikidot's super nice. Because there's just, like, all kinds of information on there that you can, like, find. And D&D Beyond is also nice if you want, like, a list of things with pretty pictures. Yeah. And then you go somewhere else to actually get the information so you don't have to pay for it. Like, that's what I do a lot when I'm looking through races. Because I'm like, ooh, look at all these fun illustrations. Oh, that one looks cool. Let me actually get the information from somewhere that's free. Yeah. 
And then, like, in terms of, like, figuring out, like, your backstory, um, I have a book, Xanathar's Guide to Everything, that has these tables that you roll on, and it helps you kind of generate backstory stuff, and that has been immensely helpful for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> like, it's definitely not necessary, but it definitely helps. Yeah. I know you also have a thing. Um, I guess I don't know if it's every campaign, but this last campaign, with the uh, the family trees that you had oh, us yeah. all do. Yeah, like, I... Especially as a DM, I like to get my characters' backstories and, like, family history because, like, that gives me a hook. That gives me something that I can bring in. Right. So, like, I definitely recommend that if you're making a character, make at least three hooks. These can be things such as people in your family, people in your past that you've connected with, or events that have happened to you. These things can all be brought in by your DM to kind of make it a little bit more immersive and bring your backstory really into the game. That's a really good point. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, have an enemy, have an ally, uh, like have something that you've done. Like most of the time, you're playing a character that's like already like in the world as an adult. Right, you're just kind of at a place at a time, and that's where the story starts. Yeah, so like you'll probably have like you're not like a blank slate of a person. Like you'll have experiences that you've like like had a job where like you've like traveled and done these things and i think that makes it a little bit more interesting and a little bit easier to get into a character when you have these things already kind of like thought out Mm -hmm. and a lot of it can like be developed as you go do you have things that are like off limits when making a character in terms of i guess specific things like are there backstories that are off limits i mean obviously like if the player is making things like that, then clearly they're okay with it. But in terms of, like, this is a topic that might be kind of weird, like, awkward to put in a group thing. Like, do you have limits for where you'll draw a line of actually, no, maybe let's not have your character be this way? Uh, I feel like that comes more into play in terms of, like, active gameplay. Like, there's certain things that I'm like, if you're going to do that at my table, you're out. Okay. So, like, if your character wants to, like assault someone like sexually assault someone that is no go that is a conversation between you and me of one why you think that that would be okay to do in a setting in a fantasy world (laughs) Uh, but like in terms of like backstory stuff you can give yourself a tragic backstory right it's just like you have to also recognize limits of like what you are comfortable having your character be the kind of person to do because this is something that you have to be in the headspace for right um in terms of, like, my actual, like, world, there are certain races that I'm, like, I'm not going to include these because they're a little bit broken, such as the Gith and uh, Vidalkin. Which ones are those? I, kn- I know I've heard the name before, but I can't remember what they do. Uh, so the Gith are psionic beings. Oh, yeah, psionic stuff is fucky. And they live in, like, the Astral Sea and, like, do all these things, and I'm, like, they're just, I don't... I don't know i just don't really like them there's like a rogue subclass that is all psionic based and as soon as i saw it i'm just like nope next i don't want to fuck with that <laughs> yeah so like i just i really just don't enjoy gifts and so i don't put them in my games uh Vidalkin and simic hybrids are also kind of like really broken um and so i just like i don't find them interesting i don't find them like fun to play as or like make, make npcs of and so i just don't have them on my list of like races i mean it makes sense there's no point in like being able to play something that is just leaps and bounds better like if you want to play a character that's bad at everything that's fine yeah. but like if you have an unfair advantage over the rest of the party for everything that's kind of shitty and that's why some dms ban like Aarakocra or variant human is Eric Coker because of the flying? Yeah. 
because flying at low level especially can be like you can avoid a lot of puzzles and like make it really hard for combat. I feel like you could kind of nerf that by having a lot of like limits on those things like yeah. homebrew it a little bit in a way where it's like maybe your fly speed is really low or you can only fly for X amount of time at least at low level and as you level up like that gets better too because i could see how that would be a very broken way to play a game if yeah that makes sense and then like for whatever reason there are dms who ban the variant human because they get a a feat when they start what is the variant human it's instead of taking like a plus one to all of your stats you get like a plus one to something i think a plus one to another thing and then you get i think like a bonus proficiency and a feat okay is that really that broken, though? No. Like, that doesn't seem that... That, that doesn't seem that weird to me. I don't think it's that broken, but there are people who just outright ban it from their games, hmm. so I guess some people find it, like, broken. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I think that variant human... I think that normal human is not worth it. <laughs> like... Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's honestly a fair point. <laughs> I do question when people play human characters. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I feel like if you're going to play a human, variant human's the way to go. I allow them in my game. I think that they're fine. I allow Aarakocra. Um, we have a, like, winged tiefling. So, like... And it's also, like, in terms of the feet thing, it's not like you have the ability to take any feet in the game. Like, because there are, like, lots of feats that are, like, race yeah. and class specific. Yeah, or even just, like, stat specific. Like, you have to That's have, like, true. a certain, like, dexterity to take, like, I think it's skull through. It's, like, one. Or you could just have a limit on, like, you could have a list of, you could take, you know, These. one from this ten group of feats that don't seem super broken for, like, a level one character. Yeah, and there's just, like... There's so many feats out there, and, like, you get them at level 4, level 8, level yeah. 12. Like, it's not like other people aren't getting these feats. It's, yeah, that's true. And, like, other classes start with other abilities that humans don't get. Right. So it's like, yeah, a Varen human will get a feat, but they're not going to have dark vision. They're not going to have, like... Right, yeah, humans are kind of a boring, like, yeah. starter pack anyways. Yeah, <laughs> you're not coming out there with, like, like fey ancestry and stuff like that that, like elves and a ladrin get you're not getting like the like wings of an aarakocra like man playing without dark vision would be such a pain in the ass i don't think i've ever played a character that didn't have dark vision and i don't know how to do it yeah i, feel <laughs> I like, like it that's like one of my default things i need to have dark vision yeah i feel like all of my characters end up having dark vision i just feel like it's endlessly helpful <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like all my characters end up having dark vision I feel like all of my characters end up having, like, decent wisdom or intelligence because I'm like, I want to have one or the other. I don't have to have both, Mm -hmm. but I want to have one or the other because I'm like, I want to be able to either perceive or investigate. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I feel like I always end up high dex. Like, I don't think I ever have a low dexterity because I'm like, I want to have a decent AC. I want to have a decent initiative. Yeah. I want to have a decent, like, if I'm, like, a ranged attacker. Yeah. No, I think that's totally fair. Like I said, we kind of all have the stats that we prioritize, so I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I also want, I don't know, all of my characters end up being at least a little bit edgy, even if I try not to make them. It's really hard not to make an edgy character. (laughs) Like, literally, my DM looking at my character playlist and telling me that's the edgiest thing that he's seen, and I'm like... Well, that's just on Jackson, because that playlist was not edgy. It was just (laughs) fun. It It was just vibes. It just had had some rock, like, one or two... I think it had, like, a Metallica song. I'm just saying you can't call a playlist edgy if it has Halsey on it. I'm sorry. Or Hailey Kiyoko. (laughs) Or Hailey Kiyoko. (laughs) Rich Bitch Juice. 
a good song. It is a good song. Uh, speaking of like kind of fucky characters, I'm really excited about. Um, oh, so I don't have to lose my um, my bard. Oh, nice. So I get to keep her, but now I just have to find some place that I can put this rabbit in. <laughs> oh. Just in general, like herringons are so interesting. They have a lot of like fun things. Like they're really well designed for like rogues. Like you get to. Uh, you get three ability score increases, which is nice. You can either do three by one or one by two, one by one. Yeah. You uh, get to uh, add proficiency bonus to your initiative rolls. You have proficiency in deception. You can roll a d4 to add to dexterity saving throws. You can jump a number of feet equal to five times your proficiency bonus without provoking opportunity attacks. They're so good for rogues. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like... They're just fun looking, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm like, I, I want to create a character that's, like, fun and interesting, I think is my main thing. It's like, I, I don't want to play something that, like, I feel is boring. Yeah, I guess it's just one of those things where it's like, why would you create a character that was boring? Like, yeah. why would you want to play a character that didn't excite you? Yeah, I want to play a character that can get engaged, because... There are definitely people who, when they play, don't really get engaged in what's happening. And, like, that's fine if it's, like, you're just not super invested in what's happening at the moment. But if there's nothing that interests you, why are you in the group? Why why are you, like, like why was your character traveling if you're not doing things? So, like, have something that you're wanting to do. Have a goal. Even if it's, like, a general goal, have something that you're, like, interested in doing and, like, that you're aiming for. So when you're making your character backstory, like why are you traveling? Like, why did you pick this group? Like, you don't have to have set reasons going into it, but you have to, like, kind of develop those. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I do have to say, I feel like I, I, as a player, I don't usually make characters that have set goals. I just, like, I like vibing along with whatever happens. Like, my current character has every reason to be in the campaign, but she doesn't have, like, a one-set thing she wants to do. Yeah. She just is happy to, like, be doing whatever is going on because there will be things that interest her along the way, which I think is fine. Like, maybe somewhere down the road there will be something that, like, really excites her, but I feel like because I, as a player am happy to go along with whatever someone else is doing to drive the plot. I don't really need big lifelong goal because there's usually like one or two people in a party who are really driving the story and yeah. I am perfectly happy to just like contribute to those tasks. Yeah, and one of the best ways to get a character involved in a party is have a bond to someone. Yeah. Like you don't have to necessarily get along with every party member, but if you have one person that you are like really close with, that could be a reason that your character stays. That could be a reason that, like, your character, like, kind of maybe, like, tolerates the others or, like, gets to know the others. Especially if you have real-life drama going on in your party. You need at least one person to keep you grounded if you feel like the rest of the party is ganging up on you for no reason. <laughs> no, that's not based in reality. Why would you ask that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um... 
I'm trying to think of what else I, like, really try to have for all of my characters. Well, you always send us that little, um, like, that little guide, that little Microsoft uh, document. Yeah, yes. I feel like that's very helpful of just, like, personality traits that you might not be thinking about when you're making a character. Yeah, kind of ways to get into your character's head. So thinking about, like, what they like to do. and It's like, what type of music do they listen to? What are their hobbies? Yeah. I also find it helpful of, like, I started doing it, like... I've only really done, I think, with three characters, but making a playlist. Character playlists are fun. I feel like it took me a long time to, like, figure out what I wanted to do for mine, and now I'm really happy that I made one. Yeah. Because also, like, it can be things of, like, this song reminds me of the character, or this is a song that this character would listen to. Mm -hmm. Or, like, sometimes it's just, like, based off of vibes, based off of, like, the name of the song. Yeah, I think that is a really fun way to kind of like get your character's personality traits down because it's just mm-hmm. like this really reminds me of them and also i think they'd like that song a lot yeah and it's fun to think about your character like with earbuds in their ears just listening to your really edgy fucking playlist yeah i think another fun thing is also just like i like characters that can do weird stuff like just adding in like a little sprinkle of something weird of like my character in my game is a dompier so a kind of vampire like creature um but i hadn't really thought about like kind of like fangs or anything until it came up of like i went to eat and i was like you know what they have a full-on like fully serrated like lamprey mouth when That's they eat so gross i i support you but it's really nasty oh yeah it's it's real fucked up but like i love it and i love just like that they're just a little off like they're not the weirdest character in the party at all but they're just a little weird there's just something a little wrong with them it's nice to have something a little wrong with your character it's yeah. fun like they, he has spider climb and so like he just will occasionally just walk on the wall or, like, walk upside down as everyone's <laughs> I respect that. And I'm, like, for, for like, a character that, like, has this natural innate ability, it makes sense that they wouldn't always just walk on the ground. They would sometimes just, like, take other more direct paths that, like, others may not, like, be able to do. And it wouldn't strike them as being odd because they're like, yeah, I can just do that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I also just, like, I, I like characters that have, like, journals or like a book or something where they like they take their own kind of like note either of like kind of what's happening like either if it's like a diary that they keep of like we did this weird thing today or like a secret book that they're writing down like stuff about the other party members and like little things like that that like just spice it up a little like or if they have like a trinket that they carry around and like use or like a pet just ways that they kind of are engaging with the world no, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know if my character necessarily has that. I think her thing is just the uh, the weird color changing. Yeah. I, I think it's more of just, like, personality things of just liking to hop on her broom and go away from situations while changing her color, and also she talks to a worm. Yeah. <laughs> don't Enough to each their own. <laughs> Man, I do wish everyone could hear the worm. I know. I, I think... <laughs> I, I, I sometimes wish that, like, everyone was able to hear Wormy, but no, he, he is he is just a telepathic little worm. Just, like, because truly in-game, I'm the only one who gets to hear your Wormy voice, and that's honestly kind of a tragedy. <laughs> that's okay. All the players get to hear it. That's true. It's the only character voice you do. Yeah, because I can't do voices, and so I was like, you know what? I'll commit to one. 
I, I can honestly respect that. As someone who doesn't use a character voice, I am not here to shame anyone else for not making NPC voices. That is a lot of work, and I don't know how you'd remember it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't even do a character voice when I'm playing. I can't do all kinds of NPC voices. I will sometimes change my tone, or like, I'll, I feel like I do more physical, like I'll stand like a certain way, or kind of like, yeah, like no, I take get on a you. presence mm-hmm. more, but I can't do a voice. You're going off vibes and vibes alone. Look, that, that's just how I go through life. I can also respect that. <laughs> how do you think your way of like creating characters has changed from when you first started playing to now? Obviously, you DM most of the time. Yeah. But, you know. I think that, I guess, I feel like it's a normal cycle that like a lot of people go through is their first characters are very simple. Like, my first character was Elven Sorcerer. Granted, it was 3.5, so, like, there's, like, some variation there, but, like, I played an elven sorcerer. I didn't really have much of a backstory. I was just kind of an adventurer. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, like, I made a human wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, didn't have much of a backstory. That one got a little more spice uh, as, like, kind of campaign stuff happened, and, like, she lost an arm. She developed trauma. Right. <laughs> but, like... As you fuck with your character. Yeah. <laughs> And then that's kind of when I really started to figure out of, like, okay, an interesting character is one that, like, has stuff that's happened to them. They have experiences. Right. Um, and from there, I started kind of working that into the backstory more rather than, like, letting it, waiting for it to happen in-game and started figuring out of, like, okay, this character is this way because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite characters that I've made, Shale, I love her. Uh, she Shale, is, that's so cute. She's a half-orc fighter. Um, and her girlfriend is a uh, human bard. That is true. They they do eventually Ooh. become wives. Uh, but like, literally, she's just like she's a bounty hunter, and like she's like this big strong archetype to the small human uh, like bard like wife. I do like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And like she's been one of my favorite characters to play, partly just because like I I just love a strong like character. Mm-hmm. I get that. And like she's just like fun and interesting. Now that like I get to like kind of play a little bit less when I do get to play, my characters are a little weird. That makes sense. Um, I I won't I think ever go with like a standard race. I'll go like I'm going to play a grung or I'm going to play like something new. Mm-hmm. Cuz I'm just like why not make something weird? I think I do not have that experience only because I got so much like stuff from you with my first character that she was so weird. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You... <laughs> and just so like broken from the very beginning, which was great and I loved it a lot. And I think that really like set a fun tone for making characters in the future because I had this fun like foundation of I had a really weird fucking character. Yeah. I think also something is I like to have a secret. I like to have something that like my char- about my character that the other players don't know yet that may mm-hmm. get revealed later on, such as like a tragic backstory thing that may like come up or like just something a little fucky about them. Cannibalism. Cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> Cheddar was from the abyss. That wasn't really much of a secret, though. I feel like that got revealed really early. Oh, yeah. It got revealed very early, partly because it was relevant to, like, your character. That's true. If that hadn't come up, I don't think that would have gotten revealed. That's fair. Uh, Like, things like that, of, like, changelings not revealing that they're changelings. Mm -hmm. Or um, I have a character that's a 
uh, incubus pretending to be a tiefling. That's fun. <laughs> so just like weird like little things like that, or it could be like secret motivations, uh, or like a history that like they don't want people to know about. I had such a hard time with that just because I don't I don't like keeping secrets from people. I have a really hard like <laughs> if I'm doing something stupid or secretive, I want to tell everyone about it. Like the whole thing with my warlock being like the whole god thing. Yeah. I had such a hard time not saying anything <laughs> the session when it was going to happen. Like oh, I know. my brain was breaking. I, mean, I can't even keep secrets about myself for very long. Like the biggest secret I have in my life is only kept from like four people. Everyone else knows. Yeah, or even like that NPC that was helping you, the what everyone thought was a turtle that actually oh was God. not. <laughs> Tibor wasn't a turtle. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, Tibor was a tiefling that happened to be a level twenty druid that, because of the um, ability, I think I think it was something to do with like the um, specific circle that they were, they could cast alter self at will, and so they made themselves appear as a turtle. That was so fun. I don't think I'll ever be able to play a character who like whose warlock patron was themselves. I really I know. like really got like the most cool thing out of the way first off. <laughs> yeah. And just like that's the thing of like have a character with an interesting backstory. Your, yeah. your backstory is I was a god, now I'm not. That was very, very fun to do. It was also just a fun way to like fuck with other characters before I like officially entered the game. Yeah. <laughs> or like um, a prior character that I've played was an Asimar that grew up thinking that they were an elf. They were raised by elves. The their mom was an elf. It just happened to be that their father was a, a celestial, and That's they never knew the father. Um, and so it wasn't until he reached like I think I think it was a side. It was roughly around puberty where wings started to grow. So you played Buddy the Elf. A, a little bit. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> that's God. so funny. Ugh, now, now that's just in my head. I'm sorry I ruined your character. <laughs> Rip Aaron. <laughs> but yeah, like, he didn't know that he wasn't an elf until he started growing wings. And, like, eventually, like, be, like was able to do Asimar stuff. Of, like, when you reach level three and you get, like, your kind of, like, Asimar sub-race, like, ability that mm -hmm. comes out. Very so. figure off faith of them. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, oh, I like have like all these experiences that end up like not actually being what I thought that they were, mm -hmm. which is like fun thinking of it, how your character would react to that and kind of like putting yourself in their place. Um, and that character also had like a reveal for the party of uh, they used to be a pirate and were in jail for a period of time. Hmm. Granted. They were accused of a crime that they actually didn't commit. That's fair. Uh, but when one of those NPCs came back up and they were like, oh, fuck, oh, God, I gotta hide. <laughs> uh, and ended up kind of being a glow stick because they ran away while glowing. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they had, um, they were scourge Asimar and would be able to, like, basically produce, like, this, like, celestial kind of radiance from inside themselves, uh, but I had a thing worked out with my DM of I was notoriously bad at controlling my emotions. That was something that my character was awful at. So under high stress or, like, high emotional situations, I would have to make a wisdom saving throw, and if I failed, I triggered my radiance without meaning to. That's really interesting. I like that. Uh, I think it only got accidentally triggered like twice in game, and that I think was one of them. That's kind of perfect timing. 
Uh, I think that the other one was like at a like super tragic moment. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I also feel like I end up making characters that have like like a romantic like romantic partners at least either like current or past that for whatever reason they aren't with. I I feel like I always end up doing that. Like I think that. I don't even think that's an intentional thing. I just feel like that happens a lot where they're like, oh yeah, they had a lover once or like, I don't think they've ever had a wife. I'm not, I have not. What is a wife for? <laughs> I, I have not made my characters divorced or like separated from their wives, which apparently is a, a very trend. common thing amongst our party members. Literally three of the party, I think. Had wives, yeah. And I'm like, odd. Why? <laughs> I had to write down who all had wives because I kept forgetting which person was which. Yeah. I think you, I guess I haven't played a campaign with you, but from how you describe it, I feel like you always give your characters like a really interesting handicap in some way. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I feel like I have to give myself something that like, and I think that that comes from like, I don't want to play a character that's good at everything. That makes sense. I want to have a reason that my character isn't like perfect. So I'm like, I'm going to either have like a bad stat or like, I'm going to have like, a weird feature that like I can uh, incorporate. So like, I created a concept for a character that I haven't actually tried out, but it's a corrupted changeling. Okay. Uh, they can't control their transformations. It's randomized in the oh. morning of if they like what race they appear as and if it changes. That's cool. And so like something like that where it's like they're not fully in control. Mm -hmm. I think that I think it kind of falls into the aspect of like chance that mm -hmm. I like in D and D. No, that makes sense. And so I think that like. I'm kind of having a realization about myself as I'm talking about this. I think that, like, I really like that aspect of chance and, like, letting something weird happen. No, I think that's reasonable. Uh, we're at 42 minutes. Uh, <laughs> do we want to keep going or do we want to call it there? Um, I think that's a fine place to call it if you can't think of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can think of too much else. Um, I guess just, like, leaving y'all with, like, a kind of more cohesive of, like, Play something fun. Mm -hmm. Play something mm -hmm. that you think is interesting, because it will be a lot easier for you to get into the mindset and play as them, rather than like playing something generic. Also, it's fine if you want to make your character good at everything, because you're still going to roll really low sometimes, and yeah. it'll be funny <laughs> to watch your really good character be really bad at things. That's true. You can have the highest stat buff in the world and still roll a one, <laughs> unless you're a halfling. Oh yeah, fucking halflings. <laughs> I do want to play a halfling at some point. That would be really fun. Yeah, but the thing is, you have to remember that you can't roll ones. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, oh, I'll roll the one, I guess. I, I mean, that's just kind of every part of D&D. Usually things aren't as bad as they seem to be, unless you forget all of the things that make your character good. And yeah. then that's on you for not remembering you have modifiers. <laughs> yeah, all I can say is know your character. Mm -hmm. The DM has to know everything else. You just have to know your character. That's it. Yeah, no, totally agree. <laughs> Okay, um, so yeah, we're gonna call it there. We're gonna get Dionysus and have him roll the dice. Um, but yeah, feel free to send us emails. Our email is dungeoneers2dms at gmail.com. That's two, like the letter two. The letter? The letter. Fuck, the number. <laughs> ah. Dungeoneers number two dms at gmail.com. <laughs> yep. And we will see you... Oh, no, wait. We're not going to see you next week. We're going to be taking a week off. Yes. Because I am having surgery next week. So we will see you two weeks from now. Yes. With a new episode. Um, and I'll go grab the cat. Bye. Bye. It's a six. six. Wait, hold on. Let me knock it off. It's a six. It's a snow. <laughs>
So he doesn't know that it was a good episode. It's okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we will see you all in two weeks and hopefully have a better than a six episode. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye.